0: In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I've been ordained almost 40 years, which means I have preached a lot of Christmas Eve sermons. During that time, there have been some good ones and some bad ones, to be sure but one that I will always remember because it got me into more trouble than anything I've ever said from the pulpit. Almost 20 years ago when I served a parish in Los Angeles, I decided that on Christmas Eve I would retell the story of the Holy Family from a modern perspective. Even back then we were in the midst of an immigration crisis And so in my version of the story, Mary and Joseph became Maria and Jose, an undocumented couple trying to find shelter on the mean streets of Los Angeles, being turned away from the county hospital maternity ward, finally giving birth in the utility closet of the Greyhound bus station. I thought it was a pretty good way of helping my congregation appreciate that God came into the world in utter and complete humility, born as an unwanted immigrant in a poor, forgotten corner of the ancient world. I thought it was a pretty good sermon. But I will never forget the fury in the eyes of one of the dowager pillars of the church. Who charged up to me at the door when the service was over and shouted, I hope you're proud of yourself. You've just ruined Christmas. (laughs) Well, I hope you won't feel the same way. It's not my intention to spoil the party. We have all worked hard in the last few weeks trying to make sure that Christmas is a celebration. We've shopped until we dropped, gained weight-eating Christmas goodies, decorated the house, and awaited the coming of friends and family with anticipation. We've all looked forward to this break from the real world with all of its disappointments and pain. We say to ourselves, can't we forget the darkness of our lives just for a little while, And bask in the glow of candlelight and Christmas carols. What's the matter with a little escapism after all? We forget that it is exactly into such a dark world that God chose to come. Bethlehem was a dump, Mary, an unwed pregnant teenager, Israel, was an occupied country. The manger was full of cow pies. That's the world that Jesus was born into. He came in winter, in darkness, and in the middle of the night. What we want to do is to desperately make into a Christmas pageant which was actually a kind of anti-pageant. Jesus could have been born into a palace in Rome. He could have been proclaimed as the first baby. He could have been wrapped in purple swaddling clothes instead of rags. But if he was, then he wouldn't have been a savior. He would have been a celebrity. The gospel passage we just heard takes great pains to emphasize the utter humility of Jesus' birth. It says that he was born in the reign of Caesar Augustus, a defenseless baby in the reign of the most powerful emperor of the Roman world. He was born in Bethlehem, a hick town in the first century. His parents were in a questionable marriage. You can't get more down and out than this. But we can't leave well enough alone. We want to gussy up Jesus' birth for all we are worth. We turn a scandal, a baby in a barn, into the Macy's Christmas Day parade, complete with dancing girls and an overweight Santa riding a towering sleigh full of toys. Now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't make Christmas into a celebration. Our spirits would be poorer if we didn't have all of the sights and sounds and smells that we have come to associate with this holiday. I'm just saying that we need to be clear about what it is that we are celebrating. We can take our answer directly from the gospel God comes to us as Jesus at a specific time, in a specific place, for a specific purpose. The specific specific time is during the reign of the Emperor Augustus. Scholars figure that equates to about what we would call 4 B.C. The point is that we're not dealing with a fairy tale here. Luke does not begin his account of Jesus' birth with, once upon a time, the opening line of fiction. He begins with a real date, in the reign of the Emperor Caesar Augustus. This means that Jesus also comes to us right now in the terrible and scary times in which we find ourselves. Our world is not that much different than that of the Roman Empire. We have a lot more people and a lot more technology to be sure, but we are still living in a world faced with environmental and social collapse where life has little value, the poor get poorer and the rich get richer, where people are killed for their race, their faith, their gender, their land." And where the scale of greed and corruption and immorality in our government make the orgies and political intrigue of ancient Rome look like a picnic. Secondly, Jesus was born in a specific place Bethlehem of Judea. If you go there today, you will find it surrounded by barbed wire and guard towers a group of pilgrims from this cathedral visited there a few months ago and experienced the whiff of tear gas not far from the church of the Holy Nativity. Just like it was when Jesus was born, Bethlehem is the epicenter of hundreds of years of genocide, fear, and rage. The fact that Jesus came to a specific place at a specific moment in history means that God also comes to us as individuals at a certain time and place in our own lives. He comes to us exactly where we are tonight, many of us walking in our own deep darkness. And He comes with a specific purpose, our salvation. One of the things that I have learned in my long time as a priest is that nearly everyone sitting in church doesn't feel very well, physically, emotionally, or spiritually. And yet we often pretend in church that we've got it all together. We imagine church to be a happy place with smiling faces, joyful music, Uplifting sermons where we greet each other when we come on Sunday morning with a cheerful good morning, even though we may feel like, you know what. No wonder Christians get labeled as hypocrites. We forget that we're not alone in our pain, knowing that the person next to us may feel just as anxious or depressed or ill as we do might be helpful. But even more important for us to know is that because of Jesus, God knows exactly how I am feeling and what I am going through. Dorothy Day, the great activist and social worker, once said, I'm so glad that Jesus was born in a stable because my soul is so much like a stable. It is poor and in unsatisfactory condition." because of guilt, falsehoods, inadequacies, and sin. Yet I believe that if Jesus can be born in a stable, maybe He can also be born in me. That is why God came to us as one of us, not just 2,000 years ago, but right here, right now. And this is just not some nice idea This is a staggering and stupendous reality, one which changed the world forever and which can change your life and mine even now. And why did God come to us? Because he loves us. This seems like such a cliche that we kind of have trouble even taking it seriously. It's like those, you know, those little smiley buttons, you know, smile, God loves you. But make no mistake about it. God loves us for who we are and, more importantly, for who we can be if we only live in that love and share it with others. God doesn't come to, to give us a pat on the back or a gold star on our forehead or a free pass of being, the hurtful and selfish people we normally are, like any parent, any loving parent, God wants the best for us. He wants us to grow into the loving, caring sons and daughters He intended us to be. And we do that when we share God's love for us with others, as we love our Creator with our whole heart and our neighbors as ourselves. My Jewish rabbi friend once said to me, the problem with you Christians is that so many of you are content to think of God only as a baby at Christmas and as a lily at Easter. And if you stop there, boy, you've got a namby-pamby God. Don't leave Jesus in the manger at Christmas. Take Him out into the world to share Him with others. Let your faith grow up. Love God and change the world. So you see, we have a lot more to celebrate at Christmas than we might at first think. This holiday can be for us much more than just a time for pious sentiment or for hallmark card, greeting card theology. It can be a time for realizing the earth-shattering power of love. When our Creator came to us as one of us, just as we are in all of our darkness, all of our pain. All of our confusion. The poet John Betjeman sums it up. And is it true, and is it true, this most tremendous tale of all, seen in a stained glass window's hue, a baby in an ox's stall, the maker of the stars and sea, became a child on earth for me? No love that in a family dwells, nor caroling in frosty air, nor all the steeple shaking bells can with this simple truth compare, that God was man in Palestine and lives today in bread and wine. Whether we imagine the Holy Family as Joseph and Maria in Palestine, Joseph and Mary in Palestine, or Jose and Maria shivering on our own border, the baby Jesus means that God comes to us as one of us and that we no longer need to be afraid. All we need to do is to love Him and to love each other. Yes, we who walk in darkness have seen a great light. We who live in a land of darkness, on us has light shined. For to us a child is born. Come, let us adore him.